Harder to close than the John Bonet Ramsey case. Oh. God. Thanks, killing. <laughs> Today's topic is going to be something that we have all come to know and love over the years. An actor who really needs no introduction, but hell, I'll give him one anyway. Jim Carrey. Woohoo! I believe that's Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Originally known as James Carey in, uh, was it Living Color? Yeah, yeah, it is was. Is that it? That is the first of the fun facts that we're going to share tonight about oh, James sorry. Carey. sorry. <laughs> yeah, spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I messed up that one for you. But yeah, folks, we're going to be talking a lot about Jim Carey, some of his films, some a little bit about his personal life, and maybe a little bit of what he means to us. By then, you can turn off the podcast. <laughs> Max, I know... Yeah, Jim Carrey was like your favorite actor, like way, way early in your life. Yeah, he, so he totally was. Like, was. Huge influence on your life in some way. I'm not sure how, but oh, did, uh, did he, he, what he he spoke to that uh, insane part of me mm. that resurfaces every now and then. Which movie in particular uh, kind of st- sparked that inspiration for you? Uh, it, it honestly was The Mask. Yeah, The Mask. The uh, Mask was the first Jim The Mask Carrey. was the first Jim Carrey movie I remember. And, you know, looking back on it, I was like, wow, I missed out on a lot of that movie where he's like, you know, in The Mask, he's making the balloon dolls and he pulls out a condom and he's like, sorry kids, wrong pocket. And I was like, what was that? <laughs> Why was it wet? You know, I don't even remember that scene. Oh, yeah. That's that. totally in there. Sorry, kids. Wrong reasons. pocket. I mean, I remember, you know, I remember just enjoying the mask and the guy from uh, Animal House is in it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was just a hilarious movie when I was younger. Pro- and I'd, I'd probably still enjoy it now. But, that, I mean, put Jim Carrey on the map. I mean, uh, you know, other than, I mean, other well, than the mask, uh, of course, we know Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura and then Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. <laughs> That's really what started it off for me was uh, Pet Detective. Yeah, I think I, they were both funny, but I think the one that sold it was When Nature Calls. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't like, agree more. Vigo, when, when you and I were rooming uh, with with uh, Mike back in the day, it, we, we I think we wore that movie out. and, and I might have to go watch it The inside it jokes we have with that movie, which aren't really inside jokes. They're just, <laughs> it's just quoting the movie. That's pretty much all we did all the time. We we watched that movie ad nauseum. <laughs> I'm surprised my, that DVD still works. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bolters! Slinky! Slinky! Everyone loves a Slinky! Ooh! One step to go! Can we do it again? <laughs> <laughs> Fine! Let's do all the things that you want to do. Yeah, that that's an overused phrase amongst us all right yeah. there. That That's... That's, we use that, like, on a day-to-day basis. So what was it for you? Was it his antics? Was it his uh, comedic timing? Was it the writing? Which I don't, I, I don't think he had a script when he did The Mask right. in Ace Ventura. I mean... He, they had a script. He ignored it. Yeah. They went on. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that's the way I thought he was in real life. You know? 
growing up, I'm just like, I I knew of actors, but I'm like, what? They aren't don't like like this in real life, you know? So I, I think, thought Jim Carrey was always over the top. Oh yeah, and that's what we that's what turned everyone on to him. And I was I remember when I first saw the mask, I was running around my house at like. How old was I then? At Probably. top speeds. At top speed, just yeah. acting like the mask. Yeah. yeah uh, he was he was a hilarious kind of pseudo superhero yeah, guy, yeah. and that was that was great. Pet Detective, I didn't actually see till a little bit later, <laughs> but I loved. I thought it was hilarious. God, you guys are really friendly in this part of town. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know that's something I didn't get either. I was just like, wow, he's moving his hips around. <laughs> That's funny. His antics and his energy were what really made it for me. I can, my mother still tells me these stories where I would run around the house in my tidy whities with my shirt in my hand and spinning around my head, yelling "Jim Carrey!" Woohoo! Sure, you weren't emulating Tom Cruise. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it. It wasn't Jim Carrey then. It was like The Mask it for was, me. Yeah. He wasn't Jim Carrey at that. And point. then Ace Ventura the came along and was like, "Oh, it's the same guy who does The Mask." But after Ace Ventura, it was like, then things started becoming, you know, I knew it was well, him as the Riddler in yeah. Batman Forever. And, uh, and be honest, that was all you need to do to get me to go see Batman. Well, all you need to get me to go see Batman is put Batman, Batman in the yeah. title. Yeah, but, but then, was, then we all <laughs> saw the movie and we're like, wow. <laughs> the best part of that movie was Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it wasn't it wasn't so much the Riddler, the character, but it was more just Jim Carrey pretending to be the Riddler. But I think yeah. that was the point of that movie. That yeah. was what they were going for. The selling point would be Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, right. So, But I mean, whatever. It was still a fun movie. Jim Carrey was hilarious in that. Uh, I hated him for blowing up the Batmobile. Everybody did. Oh, God. That <laughs> was... Of course, of course, that's where I learned my f- favorite word ever. Joygasm. Joygasm is a great I line love from Jim Carrey. Joygasm. <laughs> it's so fun to say. I, I want everybody at home to say it right now. Joygasm. <laughs> Try not smiling when you say that. Joygasm. I'm just going to have a joygasm while saying it. The big line from that movie uh, for me and Vigo was, was <gasps> You suck my, my battleships! <laughs> The sad thing is, I could probably point out a Jim Carrey line from any movie he's ever been in. Well, that's a sad thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because there's some like the Truman Show and oh Truman Show. If ooh, uh, ooh, ooh, um, in case you don't see me, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has his antics in there. But then there's one of his very best movies, The Eternal Sunshine yeah. of the Spotless yeah. Mind. I know, I know what the line from that one too. Shame, shame. Oh, God. <laughs> I think we all got what he was going for during that scene. Yeah. The audience who hasn't seen that movie is going, huh, I wonder, wonder what Max is this talking goes, about. It's just, it just, he just went full circle right back to the condom and the mask. It was <laughs> shame, shame. One that I actually really enjoyed was Man on the Moon. Did you, I, did you no, guys I did end up seeing that, that one? And, uh, I have not seen that one. I actually I um, almost directed a scene from it for uh, my directing workshop class. But yeah, no, I did see that. It was very interesting. It's the uh, story about Andy Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and I heard, I heard. A, I was 
talking to a producer not too long ago, uh, and he he told me he wasn't very impressed with it. But I've I've always wanted to take a look at this movie. I sat down and watched it. It's Jim Carrey, Danny DeVito, which is great because Danny DeVito actually plays himself, and one part so the because you know it's the story of Andy Kaufman, so he they have to do the taxi bit of his oh, life, right. and Danny DeVito yeah. was in Taxi, so Danny DeVito plays himself. One thing that I remember about it was, uh, I think it was some interview, and Jim Carrey was talking about it. And if you if you don't know the story about Andy Kaufman, it's really interesting. Um, was a comedic genius. He was on several shows. And Saturday Night Live was his big yes, one. Saturday Night Live, really, was yeah, the big one. I, I don't know and anything about it. Out of out of nowhere, he just disappeared. Yeah, um, the movie. The movie was like an interesting twist on that, where everybody thought he died. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That, I, I haven't seen the movie. Don't okay. go spoil this. Okay. <laughs> well, this is just, just a story about Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Um, but one of the things about Andy Kaufman was he always talked about how he was always constantly in character, and he really rarely got a chance to be himself kind of thing. Yeah. And I remember Jim Carrey – was in an interview and he felt that he could identify with that in so many different ways because I mean let's be honest Jim Carrey plays that same type of role in every movie, every movie he, he does an incredible job of it and we know and love him for it but what he said was that he rarely gets to just turn off well I think see I've I've always heard, at least back in uh, sometime around when a series of unfortunate events was released that was 2004 he oh, he was uh, he was in an interview where he said he had battled depression and his his comedy is what was practically saving his life because a lot of these comedians in in the show business are actually not very happy people it seems like they're they're always using this kind of comedic facade to encase themselves in front of their audience mm -hmm. and also kind of help themselves but I, I you know i always wonder is it is it helping themselves or is it just an escape or and i i didn't i've never looked in too far into uh jim carrey's depression and if he even still battles it i, I do know that for several years he was he was coping with that you raised a, a good point that i meant to bring up earlier one of the things that kind of got him started off with the whole comedy thing was his mother, as, as a young boy, was very sick, so he started doing comedy at a very young age as in an effort to cheer her up. Really? And I get I, yeah. I had no idea that that was uh, yeah. He, his genesis. He had kind of a uh, interesting childhood with uh, a lot of sickness in his family and things of that nature. Uh, his mom being the biggest one, which kind of which sparked his comedic influence not that his mom being sick was funny right. but um he used comedy to help her feel better and later in life he really saw that he might have a talent for that and he went to all these different comedy shows and like so many of these stories that you hear the uh, comics fail for years before they finally get you know, quote unquote, scene. Mm -hmm. Anyone in the show business. Before, yeah, 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 exactly. You, you got to go through that rough patch before you finally get your glory, which clearly Jim Carrey has. And I remember 
this one story that I really wanted to mention about his father. His father and him were very close, and his father was always supportive of his comedy, no matter how lucrative or how successful it was. He just knew that that was what made Jim Carrey happy. And Jim needed some money to like go out to Hollywood or and basically get his start out. So he borrowed some money from his father, or his father lended him some money, uh, about $20,000 or something like that. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> um, so very, very supportive. My family's not that supportive. It's okay. You're just a mediocre son, so that way whenever you do something marginally good, you'll get praised. Wait, I've heard this somewhere. <laughs> wait, 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 Vigo, you're just like me. You're just I like to attribute like it to the fact that I'm adopted, though. <laughs> it's like, you're not my real spawn. <laughs> so, years later, after Jim's success, uh, success being an understatement, of course, after his success, uh, Jim's father unfortunately passed. And... At the funeral, Jim brought $20,000 and put it in his father's casket as a way to pay him back because when his father gave that to him, Jim always said that, you know, I'll, I'll pay you back. And so, you know, I guess it was a little late. <laughs> I think that was just a really sweet story that really kind of shows the character that Jim is. Yeah, I've heard a lot about how he's very pro, kind of not. I don't want to say feminist, but he's he's a, he's helped out like Patrick Stewart in those yeah. organizations that's against uh, beating wives and women and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. He's against uh, guns. He didn't want to support Kickass Two because, because of the use of guns. Yeah, or something, something like that. that. I think I think his character might have had a gun and he was against that so they didn't write it in or something i don't know i just remember the gun controversy being out around kickass 2 i think that was because there was a shooting around the time kickass 2 was being Probably, promoted yeah and he did was that the sandy shooting yeah that was uh, i think it was i think it was and he he didn't want to promote a violent movie like kickass because it had the use which, of guns in it which was interesting because, because his, his character, character was not like this shoot up gung-ho character that yeah, in fact, he, he, he tricked, he tricked uh, all the bad guys he was fighting into believing that the gun he held was real, but it wasn't. It wasn't. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, on the one hand, cool that you're sticking to your guns, Jim. On the other hand, I, you know, violent movies are a dime a dozen these days. You can't really escape that. So, what were some other movies uh, besides the ones that we've already mentioned? And these could be even upcoming movies. Oh, that, about well, there's our dear friend Jim. There's was... tons of movies that we haven't even touched on yet. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, liar, liar. I thought I've always thought was, was hilarious. Comedic genius. Uh, and we, I mean, we briefly mentioned Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I blew... never saw it. Oh, Vigo, it's Vigo. It's probably one of get off this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> and lit Vigo is Vigo. Left the... Vigo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Eternal Sunshine is uh, a beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. I need to rewatch it again because it's so good. Funny enough, it's also like the only really great movie that by that particular director. That's true. So, who directed it? It was directed by Michael Godry. 
And Michael Godry has since then not done very good movies. Uh, he... After that, he did The Science of Sleep, which was, eh, it was okay, but wasn't anything great. And then he did Be Kind, Rewind. Which was, eh. I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. And then, and then he decided to really make a fool of himself and do The Green Hornet with Seth Rogen. I oh, promote God. superhero movies. This is one not to go see. Yeah, so, I mean, Michael Godry, he may be a one-hit wonder, but... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was one of the best movies of 2004. Yeah, like you said, bam. What a hit. Yeah. And he was spectacular in that. Uh, You know, one that Max showed me not too terribly long ago on on Blu-ray was Yes Man. Oh. I I love Yes Man. I love that movie. You know, I remember remember not wanting to see that, and I remember it was getting a lot of flack because it was being compared to Liar Liar. And to an extent, it was kind of like it, but it was actually... Not a bad movie. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You know, I, I liked it. I liked it because Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it it kind of brought back the uh, the comedy that we were used to Jim having. I mean, it wasn't full out, you know, mask, but it was it was a little bit of liar liar comedy, and I appreciated seeing that after some of his more serious roles like Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind, or Man on the Moon. You know. I kind of miss that Jim. Well, it, Yes Man was kind of a run-of-the-mill Jim Carrey movie, which wasn't particularly a bad thing. It, it was good for what it was. It made sense. It had a good story. I enjoyed it. It was funny. I feel like it was the first one in years, and by years I mean like five years or so, that kind of went back to his usual crazy antics and energy. Right, right. right. Because I, I think wouldn't say crazy antics, but definitely his energy. The last one I could probably compare it to would be bruce almighty and his his crazy antics were in there and stuff like that but after bruce almighty he did stuff like eternal sunshine a series of unfortunate events uh the number 23 don't watch it uh he voiced horton here's a who which is pretty funny yeah and and those are all those are all i mean that's fine and dandy that he can you know stretch himself Mm -hmm. and everything and i don't i didn't (laughs) stretch mask i get it but he (laughs) That joke was a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> he, but you know, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind, amazing series of unfortunate events. Uh, yeah. Very, very makeup heavy character role. Number twenty three, a very uh, thriller esque role. For Jim uh, Carrey, that was odd. It was odd, but it was cool that he could pull it off. You know, and and I'm I am not saying I'm unhappy with the fact that he did all of this, but oh. it was. Reaching back into nostalgia land, it was nice to see Yes Man. And after that, he you know he continued to push himself. I love you, Philip Morris was a fantastic movie. It was hysterical. And it was hilarious. In Texas, great line in that movie. Have you seen I Love You, Philip Morris, Vigo? No, I didn't. I wanted I wanted to really bad because I'm of course we're talking about one of our favorite actors here, Jim Carrey. But I also really love Ewan McGregor. Oh, I did too. Yeah, he was good at it too. It, it wasn't it wasn't crazy Jim Carrey antics in that, but he was still funny, mm-hmm. and he was it, it was appropriate for the character he was playing. I think we all ju- <laughs> who was you and I gay, just, gay, gay, gay. You and I just thought of the exact same line. <laughs> me with a flaming fist. <laughs> Sorry. The funniest part about that Vigo is our good friend who will go by, who goes by the name of Kitty Cat Meow Meow. Uh, who's also gay, but at the time didn't want to come out of the closet to us because he was, 
he was, was too busy licking his paws. We watched I Love You, Philip Morris with in the him. the same room with them. On his birthday, <laughs> not knowing. You know, though, I look back on that, that's hysterical. I'm not sorry we did that. No. I'm not sorry at all that we did that. That's, that's pretty funny. He's probably sitting there just, gay, 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 gay. Oh, God, they know. <laughs> Oh, kitty cat. <laughs> oh, Mr. Meow Meow. So what was after I Love You, Philip Morris? He did another... He did... Um, um, a Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. Yeah. I didn't see that. I did. And I thought he made Scrooge sound very believable. And the, uh, the last the last movie I saw was Jim Carrey was, was kick-ass in theaters. And he he actually didn't have that huge of a part, but he was quite a presence. I think, I think he, was... he may have been the best part of that movie. I didn't recognize him initially in that movie. Well, I did because I'd seen pictures. But yeah, he uh, he did some makeup work on him. I can't get into those Kick-Ass movies. I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. I enjoyed the first one. Kick-Ass Two wasn't that well amazing, but but I was very impressed with the character he played, Colonel Stars and Stripes. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Uh, Apparently, Captain America was taken. Really? By who? Some guy named Steve Rogers, I don't know. Gay, gay. gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last movie I saw Jim Carrey was The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. Wow. Wait, he was in that? that? That actually did come out this past year. Yeah, I've I've not I've not seen it, but how was that? It it was it was difficult. Why was it difficult? <laughs> <laughs> it was I, I it was just kind of difficult to follow. I don't know why it just lots of hoodwinks and hijinks that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, the only reason I watched it was our dear friend Jim Carrey. Carrey, yeah. And just I love Jim, but I don't think I would have sacrificed my time for that. Uh, folks, I wouldn't waste your time on that movie. It was not that great. I don't have anything. Thanks for the heads up. Positive, positive things to say about it. <laughs> Well, he's got some upcoming movies in in twenty uh, twenty fourteen. He's got Dumb and Dumber two. Dude, we didn't mention Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Ricky Stanicki and Loomis Fargo. Those are those are the three movies that are in in either filming or in pre production right now. I wonder if he's gonna chip his tooth again for Dumb Dumb and Dumber. He is. I saw an article. That's hilarious. That's good. I'm, well, I, if, if... For those of you who don't know, when Jim Carrey was filming uh, Dumb and Dumber, he accidentally chipped his tooth. That's not makeup. That's real. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> In the article I read, that it said that he was getting some procedure done to get that crown removed so that it would look like it did in the first one. And actually uh, filmed near me as well. Oh, really? Right down the street from where I went to church. Nice. nice. Yeah. When did he start in Living Color? Was it 1990? I want to say yeah. I know. I know it was the early 90s. Yeah. I uh, I saw. I, a few... I only saw a few episodes of it, but he was very. But impressive of course, with that. I I only know it because Jack's sister constantly goes around. Hi, right. I'm, I'm here at the Milo. That was the most memorable thing to us because of my sister. I will we'll put that on there too. There's a very Jim Carrey plays the. Uh, fitness female fitness instructor Vera DeMilo, who claims that the best way to get just really great lips, great yeah. female lips, 
is to burn them <laughs> with a hair straightener. <laughs> Didn't he do that spot on, on Saturday Night Live, too? Uh, I don't think he did Vera DeMilo, but there's a best of Jim Carrey on Saturday Night Live where he does uh, one of the okay. guys, the Roxberries. Right. Uh, he does my favorite one, the lifeguard in the pool, <laughs> in the, uh, the hot tub. Uh, lo- that's my favorite bit. Sir! I do remember that. No swimming! <laughs> well, here's, okay, what's your favorite, what's your favorite Jim Carrey movie? You only pick one. Damn. Vigo? You always ask the tough ones, don't you, Jack? I'm kind of an asshole. Well, we've established that. You know what? I'm going to have to go with... For like two seconds, I thought I had it, and then I was like, but wait! I'm actually going to go with Dumb and Dumber as my favorite movie. I absolutely love that character. Lloyd Christmas. (laughs) It's okay! I'm a limo driver. (laughs) (laughs) I I think think most of all, I I enjoyed that movie in general, and then Jim Carrey, in combination with Jeff Daniels, just made it absolutely incredible. The chemistry that those two had, just idiotic. <laughs> Vigo says Dumb and Dumber. Max? So many. Uh, so many I grew up with. But looking back on it now, I'm thinking um, my answer is going to be uh, The Truman Show. Truman Show? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I like that movie, uh because it's a man who doesn't know he's performing, but he's constantly performing for the world to see. People get so invested into this life that's fake. I mean, his whole life is a TV show. I mean, there's cameras falling from, you know, the sky, and he's just looking like, what? Where did that come from? But, you know, when he... I wish that was a Jim Carrey line. (laughs) What? I could totally see him doing it, too. (laughs) What? But where did that come from? I, lo- I love the choice that he's given at the end there, uh-huh. where he's you know looking for that girl that just changed every- his whole life, and the way to go to look for her is to face his bigger biggest fear, which is his- the water. The water, right? Which killed his killed. I'm using air quotes. His father, and to find her, he's got to overcome that great challenge, and then he you know hits the wall and he realizes. It's all fake. And then, you know, they come on that screen and they're like, you can stay here. You can, this world is meant for you. We love you. We'll do whatever you want. Just stay. And so he's given that choice whether, you know, to live a perfect life, which, you know, to, how, how perfect to was. To stay in the Matrix yeah. or go into red the real pill, world. Red pill or the blue pill. <laughs> You know, it's like the whole world be, will be conformed to your will. We'll give you whatever you want. Or you can, you know, live as God intended. And he just sits there for a minute. And he thinks. And then he opens the door. And he's, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And he <laughs> leaves. I love it. Great ending. I think, uh... We brought this up earlier. I think I'm I'm going to have to go with Eternal Sunshine for my favorite Jim Carrey movie. I don't typically let uh, 
times and experiences affect my opinion of a movie, but when I saw this movie, I saw it with my current girlfriend of eight years, and uh, it was it was just also a really tough, hard year, and watching that movie kind of gave me a new, kind of a new lease on how to look at relationships in a very realistic manner. Eternal Sunshine the Spotless Mind, it, it turns off a lot of people, I've noticed, because it's not a traditional love story. It, it, it's very polarizing by the end. It, it, it leaves people kind of hanging. But in the most realistic sense, this is not a movie that's going to end with the guy going after the girl before they get to the airport and they have this like talk right outside the taxi cab on the Brooklyn Bridge. It, it's, it's going to be very... It, I don't want to say grounded because this it involves a machine that goes into a person's dreams and erases their memories. Yeah, I was going to say like that. realistic, but, but <laughs> it looks at relationships in a more believable, down-to-earth manner, and I, I think that's something that a lot of romances and a lot of chick flicks in general forego in favor of commercial likability. Well, so. it's I think that's how relationships have been mainstreamed nowadays is everything's going to be perfect right and, and I, I see where you're going with that movie it's it's the realization that it's not going to be perfect it's going to take some work and to add to it jim carrey i had never seen him like this before vigo i'm telling you man you it, it's almost eye-opening how different he is in this movie he he was just this was this was the moment where i realized just how great of an actor he is because I've seen him do the crazy bounce-off-the-wall hilarious stuff, and I love that stuff, and I will watch it over and over and over, maybe even more than Eternal Sunshine because it's just more accessible. But Eternal Sunshine brought a Jim Carrey to the forefront that was just something we've never seen before and something I did not expect out of him. But he pulled it off perfectly. Perfectly. Not to mention <clears throat> it's, uh, it's a pretty beautiful movie. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. I've asked you guys what your favorite Jim Carrey movie is. What is your least favorite Jim Carrey movie? Because <laughs> he's, as much as we love him, he's made a few stinkers. Now becomes the impossible. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. No, no, that's I not mean, very hard no. at all. So, I already mentioned my disdain for the incredible Burnt Wonderstone. <laughs> but, other than that, I might have to go with the cable guy. But the cable guy was so funny. Yes and no. I don't know. It was. It was. It was. All right. There were moments. I'm not. The, it was a bad movie, but there were some wonderful Jim Carrey things in there. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely see where he was pulling things out that he did from When Nature Calls. Star no, remember that moment when Kirk and Spock are worst enemies, but they're really best friends? <laughs> We're talking about how we don't like this movie, but we have a good time picking out the best part. Just for the most part of that movie, probably about 70-80% per, of that movie was just not as enjoyable as... As much as the other Jim Carrey movies, if we're tr really trying to pick out the worst Jim Carrey movie, for me, that's probably going to be The Cable Guy. I really enjoy them all, except for The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, but the least one has got to be The Cable Guy. See, I, I will agree with most of that, but I think the ending message of Cable Guy, uh, like, what, the last... 
20, 15 minutes of it, actually did make a very good point about how we as a society spend too much time watching TV and don't, you know, communicate with one another or sit down and, you know. Yeah, but just because you have a good message doesn't mean it was I'm executed very well. I thought it was so shoehorned and I'm not it saying, rammed down our throats. I'm not saying it was executed well. I'm saying it had a good message. Eh. I can't go with it if it's if it's just done so poorly it was, is my thing. I don't know. I, or maybe I just think the message is bull****. I, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it this way. I can watch any Jim Carrey movie several times within uh, any span of time. Cable guy I can only handle maybe every once in a blue moon. And it's got to be a full moon with... Oh, it's got to be a blue moon six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, how about you? Um, I'm going to go with the number 23. While Jim Carrey didn't do a poor job, that movie was the worst episode of Sesame Street <laughs> I have ever sat through in my life. It was, it, it was literally like, Jim Carrey with the number 23. <laughs> and it was about him and conspiracy theories and how the number 23 adds up with all of them. There, there's never, ever a solid link between the number 23 and these conspiracies. You could add up any combination of numbers and get the number 23. Well, uh, this word right here, if I add up these numbers and then subtract this and divide it by this and then multiply it by that and then add these and then, well, it's 23. You know, I, I couldn't understand where the logic was coming from and that's because there was no logic to the script. I feel like it was trying to be too much like a movie like Pi almost where if you look hard enough you'll see a see whatever your obsession is about and i'm by no means saying that this was a great movie because i couldn't agree with you more but right right you mentioned how like you could watch every jim carrey movie almost as many times any given day but number 23 i don't think i i could ever watch that again I've, i've not seen the number 23 but a kid in my director's workshop did a scene from it and by the time they were done with the uh, shoot, I was just going. I have no desire to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Max, what about you? Jim Carrey at his worst. Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Aww. <laughs> I was so let down by that movie. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but I I was let down by it. It was not what I was expecting. Hmm. I mean, I was very underwhelmed when I went to see it, but I I I don't remember hating it i don't i don't remember that the movie that should tell you something well okay i can i can actually respect that point of view like when when a movie doesn't leave an impression on you at all that does say something and if it's a jim carrey movie that doesn't leave an impression on you at all that's really really saying something seriously (laughs) i was just like wow like the entire movie i was like wow that's unfortunate (laughs) i get it I get it. it. It was almost a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you got my train of thought. Yep. We're having fun now. Well, we since we ended on such a downer, let's end on an upper. What, what's your What's your favorite physical thing that Jim Carrey can do? You can't say f***ing. I loved. I love that scene in. Um, I love you, Philip Morris. So much. <laughs> I just enjoyed Jim Carrey ramming his into that one guy's butt. <laughs> It was so inspiring. Inspiring? Yes. Are you uh, going to the other side now? Are you playing for the other team? Am I batting for the other team? <laughs>
I'm okay. All right, I'll, I'll go with this in a very heterosexual way. <laughs> very heterosexual way. You know the smile that that big toothy smile he has in Ace Ventura and the Mask. Well, I know in the Mask, but just that yeah. when he just looks at people and he has that grin on his face, it kind of makes you want to like run out of the door screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just his complete control over his head while he smiles is hilarious. I know. Yeah. And a, and a little a little creepy, but mostly hilarious. I'm just glad I wasn't the person on set that. Had, had to you stand next to him. Yeah, while he was doing. Like in uh, uh, Liar Liar, all the outtakes, where they're all laughing no matter what he does. <laughs> Over, actor! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they're on to me. <laughs> Fa- physical attribute. Um, attribute. <laughs> <laughs> it may not be an attribute. It, it Overall, it's just like a... a quality like the what in a totally heterosexual way (laughs) (laughs) the way he can maneuver his body to make it look like gumby (laughs) i'm reminded of one of the scenes from liar liar when one of his one of the partners walks out of the elevator and he didn't expect to see her (laughs) (laughs) He just like bends over backwards. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> attribute, Jack. Attribute, 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 <laughs> attribute, attribute. <laughs> I'll attribute your attribute in a totally heterosexual way. Yeah, to- totally heterosexual way. <laughs> my favorite thing is probably how he can just maintain that energy and keep going with it, because I know after like two minutes. I'm tired. He just keeps going. This has been a sexual confection from <laughs> Max Ryan. <laughs> I didn't confess. Yet. <laughs> Actually, he makes a good point. I mean, I being on movie sets, you, you do the same shot in a scene right, over and over and over that's again. That's what I'm saying. Because that kind of energy is just... Because, insane. I mean, uh, I know... All three of us have done acting. We've acted in something. And doing some, like a repetitive motion is just exhausting. Spitting out the same lines is tiring. And just, you get bored of doing the whole thing over and over again. He always brings same energy. And I think that's probably one of the most uh, appealing things about him as a character actor. Yeah, that he, ha- that he can keep it up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Alright guys, that wraps it up for another glorious episode of The Bacon Bowl. I'm Max Ryan. I'm Jack Hudgens. And it's Vigo Stark. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BowlBacon, on Tumblr at TheBaconBowl.tumblr.com, and don't forget to like us on Facebook. This podcast was brought to you by the number 23! 23. 23.